bounce around. We're picking up a few groceries. Oh, I'm just gonna grab a couple of those here. Teaming up with Maria Liano's Carboni. Okay. She's a mom, marketplace viewer, and writes a lifestyle blog. Okay, drive a home. Maria tries hard to make healthy choices. But that's sometimes easier said than done. We've taken popular items you buy every week to the lab and uncovered food secrets we're about to share. First item on Maria's grocery list, fish. This all looks like it's fresh filet. Maria looks for wild salmon because she's heard it's better than farm. Well, I think I'm probably going to buy like wild salmon or wild sole. But once you remove the skin and fillet a fish... Let's check out some of the labels here and see what we can see. It, it can be pretty hard to tell what's what. This is Atlantic salmon. I am guessing that that's probably farm. So how much can you trust those labels? To find out, we put fish from the grocery store to the test. Over 150 pieces prepped them in the Marketplace kitchen, then sent them to the University of Guelph. Here are some of the samples that we received from you. Biologist Robert Hanner helped develop a method to genetically identify fish. He can tell us if the fish we paid for is really the fish we got. And what do you find? Consumers are definitely uh, being ripped off. Out of the 153 samples tested, more than one-fifth were mislabeled, ranging from some labeling technicalities to the wrong fish altogether. With the cod, you tested it, we thought it was cod, what did it turn out to be? Well, we found uh, both haddock and pollock uh, being substituted for cod in the market. And the price difference? Filet of cod goes for about $7.99 a pound, but get this, pollock only $4.99. And if you buy your fish with sustainability in mind... The label just says shark steak, and it actually turned out to be sandbar shark. What's the problem with that? Well, the problem is that the sandbar shark is a threatened species that is not supposed to be in our food chain here in Canada. Turns out it's not on the list of approved fish to sell in Canada. I would say rather weak legislation that doesn't punish uh, people who uh, substitute uh, one fillet for another have driven profiteering in this area. What do you mean by profiteering? Well, people uh, who are engaging in food fraud. What do you think about the fact that you could be buying something and paying for something that you're not actually getting? That's terrible. I, I want to be able to trust in the label and know what I'm buying. As for Maria's choice to buy wild salmon, our results expose problems there, too. One of our tests was labeled as Pacific salmon, and when you tested it, you found it was what? Well, we found it farmed Atlantic salmon in, in some cases. In other, farmed? Yeah. Not wild Pacific salmon? Not wild, no. There, and Atlantic salmon is often substituted in for wild Pacific salmon. So, our first food secret revealed. The fish you buy may not be the fish you get. You're making a choice, and yet it turns out that that choice may not be accurate. Right, I'm trying to make a healthier choice, and if I'm, I'm thinking I'm buying it, but I'm really not, yeah, that, that's going to really upset me. That's why other countries are using DNA testing to prevent fish fraud. But in Canada, we're not doing enough, says Hanner.
It is disappointing that the that it was developed here in Canada and hasn't become part of our policy first. We ask Health Canada for an interview to ask what's being done to fix all this mislabeling. All we get is a statement saying the Canadian Food Inspection Agency is developing a plan to verify that fish in the marketplace is appropriately labeled. So you're gonna grab some fish? Yep, I'm gonna get this wild salmon. Okay, let's hope that's what it is. Next up on Maria's shopping trip, beef. We sure eat a lot of it, about a pound a week each. Okay, what kind of beef do you like to buy? My husband really likes steak, so I tend to buy um, T-bone or uh, strip sirloin. How did your husband like it cooked? Just on the grill. Okay, how's that look? Yeah, these are good. But it's what Maria can't see that we're about to shine a light on in our next Food Secret. For that, my co-host Tom Harrington. Where's the beef? In the box. Teams up with food safety expert Rick Hawley at the University of Manitoba. What do you think? Is this going to do? Oh, absolutely. This will just be fine. Fine for a piece of equipment used in processing a lot of the beef we eat. Something called a mechanical tenderizer. Okay, we're in business. Needles inside this machine are used to penetrate deep into the meat to make our steaks and roasts more tender. But this microbiologist says that process also increases the chances of making us sick. So, how risky is it? We're going to massage the meat, are we? Yes, we are. Oh, look at this. We started by slathering the beef with a special orange dye. So the orange gel here is essentially replicating E. coli sitting on the surface of the meat, right? Exactly so. In the dark, this gel will show up anywhere it spreads. Let us feed the beast. The needle marks soon disappear, but we'll still be able to see any gel that gets pushed inside. Turn the lights out, please. Uh -huh. Oh, look at that. So we're in there in two centimeters, three centimeters. Scary enough seeing gel pushed into the meat. And when we repeated the test using real E. coli, 10% made it deep inside. Is that enough to make somebody sick? I would have to say it probably would be. In our test, we also discovered you have to cook your steak to at least medium well to kill any E. coli inside. You think people cook their steaks long enough to kill E. coli, let's say, and that amount inside a steak? I don't. And that's our next food secret. Your beef may be mechanically tenderized and needs to be cooked to at least 71 degrees. Sure not common knowledge. Canadian consumers continue to be our top priority. Which is why Federal Minister of Agriculture Jerry Ritz promised to introduce labels for tenderized beef. Back at the grocery store, Marie and I look for any sign of labels. So do you see anything here that says tenderized? Nothing there, just the price, the weight. It's a guessing game here. How would anybody know? No labels to be found. And when we check more than 20 grocery stores across the country... We only find one with the right label at a Toronto Freshco. 
but there's a good chance that something here has gone through that process and you have no idea. It's annoying because I want to know what I'm eating and, and I'm just, like there's always something coming up that, you know, makes me question the food industry. Health Canada won't talk on camera about this one either. Instead, they email Health Canada plans to begin consulting with Canadians in the coming months and that new labeling requirements should be initiated in 2014. So, since most tenderized beef has no labels, we designed one of our own. What do you think if we just stuck that right there? This meat has been mechanically tenderized and you should cook it to a minimum of 71 degrees. Wasn't hard to come up with, but Canadians, it seems, will have to wait. When we come back... Mommy, what's for dinner tonight? The safest way to make your family's favorite meal. And a popular lunch meat comes clean. Or does it? That does surprise me, actually. We're cruising the grocery store, revealing secrets behind some of the familiar foods you put in your cart. Helping us out, Marketplace viewer Maria Lianos Carboni. Next on her list, chicken. Do you guys eat a lot of chicken at home? Uh, we do. I try to mix it up. Chicken's the most popular meat in Canada, so farmers want to grow them big, fast. I often wonder with larger ones um, what they're feeding the chickens to make them grow so big, so fast. So you're concerned about what they might be getting as they're being raised? Right. And when we reveal our next food secret, she may be even more concerned. All done. But first, there we go. Back to Maria's. Mommy, what's for dinner tonight? Maria's extra careful when she preps chicken because she knows bugs like salmonella can make you sick. But she doesn't know just how sick. At McMaster Hospital in Hamilton, we meet up with a guy who found that out the hard way. I'm a pretty healthy guy. I'm in good shape. I, I, I exercise and I do all the sort of the right things. And this hit me, hit me really hard. Jerry Wright was sick from food poisoning for months. IV antibiotics weren't working. Uh, I guess about 24 hours after I was at the hospital, they called me up to tell me, oh, guess what? You have salmonella growing in your bloodstream and this is why you're so sick. Turns out he'd been infected with a strain of salmonella resistant to antibiotics, a superbug. How serious is that? Well, you can die from sepsis. So why are bugs like this becoming resistant? Because farmers give the same antibiotics we use to animals like chickens to prevent disease and to make them grow bigger faster. The problem is, the more drugs used, the more resistant the bacteria on chickens get, turning them into superbugs. To find out how often these superbugs end up on grocery store chicken, Marketplace put that to the test too. Chicken leg, perfect. Bought a hundred samples of chicken and took them to the lab for analysis. What we found, two-thirds had at least one superbug. Get sick from one of them, some antibiotics may not work. Jerry Wright says our test results should be a real wake-up call. And he would know. Not only did he get sick from one of these bugs, 
He's also the head of infectious disease research at McMaster University. This was in your bloodstream. This was living inside of me, yes. Stronger antibiotics help Wright pull through, but he worries we're running out of options. It's the bugs against the drugs, and the bugs are winning. And worse news. Recent studies show the number of some superbugs on chicken is on the rise. So take note of our next food secret. Your chicken may be contaminated with superbugs. Honestly, I thought our food industry was a lot better here. I was watching you prepare your chicken today. Yeah. How confident are you that you didn't get cross-contamination anywhere? Um, I usually am pretty good with that, I think, anyways. So what will she think of our next test when we ask two volunteers to do the same thing Maria just did, cook some chicken? I'm going to grab some chicken here. But this time under the watchful eye of UBC food microbiologist Kevin Allen, who first covered the chicken in that special gel to see what get contaminated. There we go. Okay. The volunteers got cooking. So I'm thinking that we'll maybe bake these and maybe we'll do a little stir fry. Baking the chicken will kill any superbugs, but we turned off the lights to see if contamination from the raw chicken had spread. First, Alan checked the frying pan. It's actually quite intense. Then the bowl, the tea towel, and their hands. We can see some of the contamination. It's crazy. Contamination from the chicken showed up, even though our volunteer washed her hands three times. Is it still live bacteria? Yeah, it's still contagious for months. So how confident are you now that your no, kitchen I mean, would be okay if we turned out the lights? No, no, no. I would, I, I would have to clean and scrub everything again. Because these germs spread so easily, we want to know what Health Canada is doing to fight the rise of superbugs. They tell us they're actively working to promote antimicrobial stewardship. And the chicken farmers of Canada, they say they're working to control, monitor and reduce antimicrobial use in chicken farming. Coming up, why you'll want to take a closer look at your sandwich meat. So why did they hide that? We're putting some of the most popular foods we eat to the test, revealing food secrets some might prefer you might not know. The final item to pick up, deli meat. So I'll probably buy something the natural selections. When Maria gives her family cold cuts, she opts for what she thinks is a healthier choice. Maple Leaf's Natural Selections brand. Turkey with natural ingredients, no preservatives added. No preservatives sounds good to her because she wants to avoid nitrites, a common preservative. And no wonder, nitrites may be one reason deli meat's been linked to cancer important to Maria because what she buys here. Okay, I'm going to make you guys some turkey sandwiches for tomorrow. Is okay. Goes in her children's lunches here. At first glance, the deli meat Maria bought appears to be preservative free. But, hmm, look closer. Beyond those naturally occurring preservatives and nitrites in the ingredients? Yep, see that simple sounding ingredient, cultured celery extract? It's actually a nitrite by another name. But do people get that? 
not most of these shoppers. My assumption is that they would be trying to suggest that this is better for you. I looked at the cultural celery extract and I figured, okay, it's dehydrated celery, not too bad. I think it's misleading. And that's our final food secret. All packaged deli meats have preservatives. You're a savvy shopper. You read labels, and even this wasn't clear to you. Yeah, it definitely went under the radar for me. You feel deceived. Yeah, I do. Maple 